Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon trading card games from Mirror Podcasting Duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined as always by my good, good friend, Mr. JW Crewall. JW, how's it going today? I'm doing well, Riley. Thanks for asking. How are How are you? I'm doing well myself. Yeah, definitely busy. Definitely staying busy. A little bit exhausted. Um, in some ways, I'm a little bit thankful for the month break from Pokemon, just because I can kind of like catch up on real life for a bit before diving back in. <laughs> Pokemon is real life. Well, some may so, say. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but really, I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, I can't complain. I had a ton of fun this past weekend for Halloween. I went to my friend's work function. Mm. And I guess it was like an executive at their job. They had a whole freaking mansion. And they had a gigantic shed where they had a haunted house. That they forced all the guests to go through before Dang. they entered the mansion. What? It was insane. There was like, there was like thirty people inside that haunted house, like working it. No way! Oh my <laughs> god! I, that's what, that was going to be my question, right? Is because you know you could go through a haunted house, but you know it's just all animatronics or just I don't know, no, I mean, or something. And this is this person's like shed. It, you know, it was, I mean, the shed the granted heck? was the size of like a two bedroom house, but it was insane that is truly insane i saw the giant skelly yeah there was a the 12 foot home depot skeleton was indoors (laughs) where it belongs away from the elements so i had a lot of fun yeah i'm I'm doing well overall how about you you know just the the boys are keeping me up at night literally um (laughs) So, you know, I just find myself going to bed at around 9 o'clock. So this is 9.46 as of time of recording. Oh, no. <laughs> the sacrifices we the, put you through. I, I no, no, for real, for real. So, uh, no, but it's good. It's good. It's kind of like uh, my, my little escape because I've been slacking a bit on Pokemon content just with the boys. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's good to record this every week. I'm glad that we're... We're keeping that outlet alive for you in this busy period. That's right. So for this week, JW, we're going to do a tag team classic, which is to dive into a new set as it starts to come out. So pre-releases have big have begun for the new set, Silver Tempest. And we're excited to dive in this week with a top 10 cards from the set or weeks. as as i like to call it the t4 the t4 <laughs> yeah the tag team top 10 yeah man i i guess <laughs> i guess we're debuting that now you say you like to call it that but i think this is the first time that's been uttered from your lips the t2 st3 <laughs> the what the tag team <laughs> silver tempest top 10 <laughs> Sure, man. I guess so. Um, man, really, letters really do be a thing, huh? That they some may say. Some may say. Yeah. R A J W T two S T three. I just like what was going through your brain when you're like T four. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Definitely something I should say right now. <laughs> you know, not much is going through my my brain right now. It's kind of mushy. <laughs> All right, just checking. Just checking. So we are going to do a classic T4 tag team top 10 for this week. We'll go through top 10 cards from the new Silver Tempest expansion. Honestly, it's a little bit of a, a lighter end expansion. You know, we think about, especially in the post-COVID Pokemon landscape, and even slightly before that, you know, you think of, like, Fusion Strike followed by uh, Brilliant Stars, followed by uh, Astral Radiance, followed by, gosh, Lost Origins. It's, <laughs> I'm really pushing myself to the limit trying to remember the exact No, but it's, I'm, but it's crazy, right? Because, I mean, we have all these major archetypes. Uh, Fusion Strike had Mew. Brilliant Stars obviously had Arceus V-Star. Astral Radiance had Palkia, Dialga. We had Lost Origin that gave us the Lost Zone engines that have been very prominent recently. And so it's it's been this kind of big crescendo where there have been one or more solid archetypes coming from every single set as well as a lot of auxiliary pieces that have kind of enhanced a lot of decks as we've gone on here silver tempest gotta say it's a little different than those yeah i mean when i think about the last few sets i think of meta defining archetypes joined by a wealth of other powerful cards that would maybe enhance other decks you know you think of ultra ball and double turbo energy coming out in brilliant stars alongside the archetype of arceus um you have the radiance coming out for the first time and irida being such a powerful engine coming out alongside palkia which would rise to be the best deck in the format and yet the lost zone engine in of itself is kind of like diverse and allows for meaningful gameplay decisions uh, alongside like the giratina v star mm-hmm. when we look at silver tempest it seems a lot more like you really just got the best deck coming out of the set and that's that's kind of it you know in terms of movers and shakers yeah we were joking that instead of a top 10 we were going to have a top nine today (laughs) it was very hard to choose to flesh out a top 10 list of cards but we're going to attempt that and i think we should just dive right into it yeah let's go ahead and do that so at number 10 in the tttt we have the superior v star so kicking off there's a ton of v stars in this set and superior we have sort of at the bottom of that list superior is certainly an okay v star pokemon it does have the regal blender attack where it does 190 damage and allows you to move your energy in any way you like across any of your pokemon which is really flexible attack you know bless you for example attack with the superior and move an energy off your active pokemon onto a safe bench pokemon mm-hmm. uh, or rearrange your energy in a way where you could come up with a surprise attacker on the following turn certainly not a bad attack you're one you're not really one hit KOing hardly anything but you're two hit KOing pretty much everything with that kind of damage yeah and grass has a bit of support right you can think about um you know, Gardenia, you can think about the Cricketot, Cricketune line giving you extra HP. Uh, you can attack with the Regal Blender attack for two energy, a Grass and a Double Turbo. So, um, you know, it can get going pretty quickly. 
And you can but, move that double turbo around, too. Sure can, sure can. But, it, you know, you think about V-Stars, and it, it's pretty underwhelming considering we have V-Stars like Palkia, considering we have V-Stars like Giratina that can ramp up to higher numbers a little bit easier. You do also have the synergistic V-Star power. So with Regal Blender, you can rearrange your energy, and then with its V-Star power, Starwinder, you do 60 damage for each energy attached to Superior. So in theory, you could move your energy around until you're ready to build up one final strike and knock your opponent for a heck of a lot of damage and potentially even move the energy off on the following turn. So Superior, you know, the synergy is kind of there with its, with its card design. It's got Free Retreat as well, which lets it pivot as it moves the energy. Uh, it just feels like it's maybe a little bit lacking to get all the way up to the top of this list. That said, Superior will hold a special place in my heart because it's a great pokemon uh with great attack names for um you know i hardly know her jokes <laughs> thank you jw for your insight Starwinder. i hardly know her yeah yeah i didn't really think regal about blender? that didn't really think about that prior to you mentioning it but definitely like regal blender potentials there potentials there so maybe yeah, maybe we can force superior into be a top archetype so we can make that happen yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to say that at the tables. <laughs> GW, what's our number nine card for Silver Tempest? Coming in at number nine is Alolan Vulpix V-Star. Alolan Vulpix V-Star has a couple of attacks. First one is Snow Mirage. For one water into colorless, does 160 damage, and says this attack's damage isn't affected by any effects on your opponent's active Pokemon. During your next turn, prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by your opponent's Pokemon with abilities. Plenty of abilities out in the game right now that are very prominent in these main attackers. And so Alolan Vulpix V-Star has that kind of walling potential that has been good in the past at times. The V-Star power is an attack. Silver Star does 70 damage and it does 70 more damage for each of your opponent's Pokemon V in play. And so coming in for a free attack, I think that's extremely reasonable and certainly will be good against the likes of decks like Mew VMAX. Yeah, Alolan Vulpix feels all right. I, I think the one most damning part about Vulpix, maybe the two most damning things, is first... The low HP, 240 HP, unfortunate. <laughs> I guess it yeah. makes sense. It's a Vulpix, you know, not even a Ninetales. Yeah. Um, and the second thing is the fact that even the Pokemon that do have abilities, at least the V Pokemon, which is the majority of attackers in the current day and age, can also remove their abilities with things like Path to the Peak. You know, you think of like an Arceus, and Vulpix seems like it's perfectly built to kind of like attack into Arceus. Mm -hmm. Um you know, even with the double turbo, it's reaching that 140 damage for the two hit KO. But most Arceus decks are playing Path to the Peak, so you're not really right. getting the blocking effect that you'd hope for. Yeah, absolutely. I will say Vulpix, though, is... Alolan Vulpix in particular is one of my favorite Pokemon, and this card is really cute, so... Yeah, I definitely love that they made the non-fully evolved forms into V-Stars. But I think, too, on your point... Uh, you know, Path of the Peak is an obvious concern. And then powering up 
your Alolan Vulpix would be a concern for me. I mean, water and two colorless, of course you could do a water and a double turbo, but then you're cutting into how much damage you can do. Uh, it just seems like a lot of moving pieces here to not get a great return on investment. Three energy for 140 damage potentially there, and an effect that against certain decks won't even be a factor at all. Right? You think about things like Giratina. Um, you think about anything that plays Path, like you said. Um, yeah, it just seems like it... We would be remiss to not put it on the top 10, but there's a lot of things, there's a lot of situations, a lot of archetypes that come to my mind that just completely obliterate this card. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I think at Vulpix if it finds a place will likely be as you know a tech attacker in, in one of those like arceus box type of decks yeah you know that's Absolutely. where i see it home it's home being mm -hmm. awesome so let's go into our number eight then which is another v star pokemon v star is really dominating the list here in reggie drago v star Reggie Drago is a really interestingly designed card. It's a card that I think got people really excited when it was first revealed, but then that excitement started to taper off. Uh, so Reggie Drago has two, one attack, one ability. Uh, it has the Apex Dragon attack, where you choose a dragon Pokemon from your discard pile and use it as this attack for two grass energy and one fire energy. So basically you can use any dragon's attack that you would like. You know, it could be the Dragonite that came out this set and accelerate energy into play. It could be Gudra's attack to reduce damage taken. It could be Giratina V-Star's attack to do mind-blowing amounts of damage. The potential is certainly there with the amount of attackers that Regidrago has available to it. It's V-Star power. Legacy Star also synergizes well with that attack. So you can choose from the top seven cards of your deck you discard them all, and you can put up to two cards from your discard pile into your hand. It doesn't have to be from those top seven either. So if there are cards that you want to recycle, you know, perhaps a Gardenia's Vigor, uh, you could do that with the Regidrago Legacy Star V-Star Power. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that you look at here with the Regidrago, I mean, there's a number of solid um, dragon attacks to copy. I think about things like Dragonite V's attack... I think about um, attacks like, I don't know. I mean, you have, the Dragon IV comes to mind immediately just because of how much damage it does. Uh, you have Giratina, of course. Um, any others that like really come to your mind and stick out for the Rigid Drago deck? I mean, I think I think Gudra is kind of the other Gudra, big one. Yeah, sure, um, sure. And uh, maybe the, uh, the Shred on Duraludon. If you happen to ever yeah. feel like Miltank is a that, thing. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's And that's just 220. Yeah, right, 220 exactly, for no drawback. Exactly. So. Um, but, there, you know, there's there's a few attacks out there for, from the Dragon Pokemon that are like, oh, yeah, that that's, you know, maybe reason to play Drago. Uh, on the flip side of that, it's very hard to get this thing powered up. I mean, we're looking at three colorless energy, which is kind of absurd, really unheard of in this day and three age colored. to have... Or th excuse me, three colored energy. Yes, exactly. Uh, three colored energy is very unusual. Um, and in order to power up something like Regidrago, you are going to be looking at playing a card like Gardenia's Vigor, which allows you to detach up to two grass energy from your hand to your Pokemon and 
draw two cards, which is a pretty underwhelming, or at least historically has been an underwhelming supporter. So getting the Regidrago Drago set up, while it may have some decent attacks and useful attacks to copy, it's just getting to those attacks that's going to be the hard part. Yeah, and I think just the overall like poor quality of Gardenia's as a substitute for Welder or Melanie really can't be understated it's just not a really effective mechanism to to power up a reggie drago especially when reggie drago is also relying on filling up the discard pile right so yeah. maybe you can get the gardenias off and get a reggie drago in attacking position but there's no guarantee at all that you'll actually have an attack that you want to use in the discard pile on that turn by now dear listener have you Started to suss out that we're not particularly high on this set. <laughs> yeah, we're just slam, <laughs> slamming all the cards in the top deck. <laughs> and here's why number eight sucks. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it gets much better. But yeah, Regidrago, it's like, it's one of those that it, you know, maybe there's some kind of cool, you know, reason to play it. Or maybe the meta shifts in a way um, that it makes sense to play it. But I, again, I'm just like comparing it to a lot of these other V stars that um, can do more damage for less investment. And that's where I feel like Reggie Drago, while it has a swath of attackers, um, you know, it, it's going to be hard to get that first one going. If you can get that first one going, you can attack with Dragonite. Uh, the one that's released in this set, uh, Energy Hurricane, does 180 damage. Allows you to search your deck for up to three basic energy and attach them to your Pokemon. So you can, like, get the Reggie. If you can get that first one going, you can copy the Dragonite. But then you have to get the Dragonite in the discard pile, and you're probably only playing one of them. Like, it's just, it's it's really awkward. I think this archetype is going to prove, uh, as we play it a little bit more, um, you know, or as players start to figure out quote unquote optimal lists for this archetype, they're going to understand that it's really not how they envision it in their yeah. mind. It's one of those decks that in theory has all these things going for it. And then in practice just isn't quite as good as the other established archetypes. I think that's a, that's a great summation there. It's a great theory mon sort of deck. Like, yeah, if you get those cards turn two in the discard pile, <laughs> And are attacking every single game, and you probably got a pretty good deck. I would challenge how many games it's going to happen out of ten. Yep. yep. I, I don't think it's going to be a number that you're happy with. I doubt. I doubt it. <laughs> so enough said about Reggie Drago. Number seven, another <laughs> underwhelming card. <laughs> I would say this set rocks, man. Is the Radiant Serena. With the ability, Graceful Healing. Once during your turn, you may heal 20 damage from each of your Pokemon. Has an attack, but it's not really the reason it's on the list here. Fragrance. <laughs> it's actually exceptionally bad. Shot. Fragrance Shot does 90 damage, and this Pokemon recovers from all special conditions. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a random effect it almost feels like i'd rather do 100 and have no effect <laughs> uh, oh for sure yeah definitely <laughs> definitely without it's so a doubt. crazy it's a really cringy pokemon but the reason that we have it at number seven is that we've seen um cards like this in the past i, I think about shaman from um you know a few years ago where you could just have it with the radiant or with the um venusaur 
yeah and shaman tag team gx where you could just you know have that little boy on the bench or multiple little boys on the bench and just heal your main dude your main attacker um radiant serena obviously similar vein there and um that consistent healing turn after turn has been proven to be decent and usable in the past yeah i think there's something there with serena you would need some sort of deck that wants to heal kind of across the board every single right. turn right some so maybe some sort of stall type of archetype things like that mm -hmm. um I think when we look at the Radiant Pokemon of this set, Serena is the one that jumps out as being the most obvious to have potential. Um, when I think of cards like Alakazam, I just it doesn't feel like it has a spot in the metagame right now. There's just not really a need for that kind of effect, whereas you could at least justify finding a combo where Serena makes sense. Yeah, it, it, we would be remiss to not point out Radiant Alakazam, not on our list, but allows you to move two damage counters from one of your po opponent's Pokemon to another of their Pokemon. So there's maybe something there where, you know, if you're not hitting for quite a knockout, then you can maximize your damage. But it's just so many decks can hit for knockouts, can hit those high numbers, and would rather use a different Radiant Pokemon that Radiant Alakazam doesn't feel like it's uh, worthy of a spot on this list. Anyway, that all said, Radiant Serena comes in at number seven, a very underwhelming number seven so let's then move into number six i think this is where the cards start to actually have a little bit more promise mm -hmm. uh, and that's going to be regilecki v max in number six so v max pokemon not a v star which is a little bit out of place with the the rest of the cards that have been coming out recently regilecki v max finally getting free retreat as well regilecki the fastest pokemon in the game <laughs> uh finally getting its much deserved free retreat it's also got a one retreat on the basic view which is cool and it has the transistor ability where basic lightning pokemon do 30 more damage to your opponent's active pokemon its attack max thunderstrike is fairly underwhelming does 220 damage and you can't attack the following turn ultimately i think savvy listeners will immediately know where regilecki v max is headed and that's going to be with vehicle so Vikavolt has struggled, namely due to its lack of damage pressure against decks that, you know, aren't based around lightning weak Pokemon or decks that uh, maybe can take a hit or two and then one shot a, a Vikavolt. Cards like Regilecki VMAX allow you to put on a lot more pressure much more quickly. So previously, if you were doing 80 damage, maybe 90 damage with a combination of Choice Belt and a Zapdos, now you can reach damage like 110, 120, get two Regilecki in play, and now you're at 140, 150, and you're two-shotting things with a item lock attack. So Regilecki VMAX with Vikavolt, the potential is certainly there. It's something that people are talking about, especially with cards like ones later on this list that are weak to lightning and cards like Palkia that are weak to lightning. Comfy also being one-shot fairly easily by Vikavolt. So I think this card has a lot of potential. I just think the inherent problem is going to be the inconsistency of these vehicle decks. Uh, and that is coupled with now that you have another stage one that you're potentially trying to set up. Yeah, that, even. yeah exactly i mean that's kind of always been the case with vikavolt right where it's like well okay i need to hit you know i really want to get the turn one 
trainer lock going and I need to get water in the discard, get the Melanie, get an energy, a lightning energy to attach. And so again, a lot of these moving pieces, a big combo that you need on that turn one uh, in order to just do what you ideally want to do. Uh, and then you throw in a stage one into the mix. Does have a solid upside, um, but it, it's, I don't know, it just, it, it, it really makes me question um, because we've had Zapdos in the format, uh, whether or not doing, you know, 30 more damage is going to really, you know, be the difference. Oh, Vikavolt needed, um, you know, the 30 extra damage maybe once or twice. Yeah, to me it to seems like... A full bench of Zapdos. To me it seems like Regilecki only hits its potential if you're getting, like, two in play and are now, like, two-shotting V-Stars with yeah. a choice belt. Yeah. You know, that's where I think Regilecki actually hits his potential. If you're at just one, it's, like, not really that different than just having a Zapdos. Yeah, yeah, and, like, and you could say, well, granted, you are slowing the game down, ideally, right? Because you are item-locking your opponents, and hopefully that makes them, uh, you know, clunk up uh, their hand, their deck, that kind of thing. But at the same time, you know, you're also playing... Uh, more Pokemon in your deck, and you're trying to get them all out on the t first turn, and that's just proven to be very hard, um, even with cards like Battle VIP Pass to get out everything that you want on the first turn of the game. So um, seems like it could have potential. Again, I'm not extremely down on Regilecki here, but it's one of those cards that I... I, uh, as has been like well like as has been the theme of the set right there's like one shining star and then we're kind of grasping it trying to find a diamond in the rough so uh there's definitely potential for regilecki here i just am not sure what i i don't think it would be my first choice in terms of things to um start testing for this format and i think that would be very fair before we do the top five though how about we take a quick pivot and do a card of the day. So JW, for this week, I have a fun card for you. It's pretty on theme, pretty on the nose with the set. So I'm not gonna go and do a Pokedex entry because I'm doing a Lugia card for this week. Uh, so Lugia being really the face of Silver Tempest, watch and find out where it may be on the top 10. Mm. But you may be so the answer may shock you. The answer may shock you. <laughs> but, but a Lugia card that I'm particularly fond of is the Shining Lugia from the Sun and Moon promo series. Shining Lugia was a card in early 2018 season that saw a lot of play across Malamar decks in particular as sort of a spread damage finisher, attacker, sort of one prize Pokemon. Uh, the reason I like Shining Lugia though is because our group was super hip to this card potentially being good due to its resistance to Buzzwool, uh, Baby Buzzwool being a really popular attacker at the time, and its ability to one-shot uh, Zerua's and Pokemon with abilities like Garbodor really, really easily. And so we ended up playing Shining Lugia in our Rayquaza GX Vikavolt deck at the Philly Regionals that year. Andrew ended up getting top 16, I think, with that deck. And it was just really fun to play that card. It's really sick. And I love a good colorless tech attacker. Do you still have all of yours from that tournament? I have one of them. Ah, you sold the other ones. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it was two. Was it? It was a two of them, right? Or was it three? And we played like some elevated count. I thought it was three. It might have been three. I know I played. Because I have four of them, and I would never, like, buy more than I felt like I needed, right? Yeah. I don't think we... We didn't play four for sure. I want to say it was two, but maybe it was three. But either way, it was sick. And <laughs> Lugia's is a sick Pokemon. It's a huge fan favorite. I always ask my opponents, like, what their favorite Pokemon is. Lugia's definitely up there amongst the answers that I receive. Um, and Shining Lugia's really cool because it's pink. It sure is. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's fun to play a nice little shiny guy. He's not Definitely. just Lugia. He's shining Lugia. Yeah, absolutely. Promo card for the, like, Shining Legends Premium Collection or something along those lines. Cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, came with, came with, like, a Shining Ho-Oh, Shining... And a really ugly play bat. Yes. Oh, my... <laughs> who doesn't love a really ugly play bat so true i i know i do so shiny lukia yeah it was a cool card it's emblematic of you know the start of what ended up being a pretty good season for me and uh who doesn't like a good shining pokemon card and with that i think we're ready to dive into our card of the day or sorry our god <laughs> we're tired today clearly let's jump into thanking our sponsor for this week's episode in manscaped gw why don't you tell us a little bit about manscaped absolutely yeah manscaped has been my go-to men's grooming product for the last six months eight months since we've been working with them more than that dude <laughs> one year like a year yeah two years <laughs> ten year. years <laughs> the last since i was a boy since I was but a wee lad, I've been raised on Manscaped products. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, uh, they have quite um, the lineup of products and uh, everything from ear and nose hair trimmers to the underwear to the deodorant to the shampoo to the, the uh, specialty ball shaver that I just used the other day. Um... <laughs> They got it all, everything that you could ever want uh, for your down there hairs. Manscaped has got you covered. I'll tell you what, if you want to turn your Pokeballs into premier balls, Manscaped is the way to do it. You got awesome, delicate products that'll make sure you're taken care of well and aren't getting any nicks or scratches. I know from personal experience that I have never gotten any sort of nick using a Manscaped razor. And that's something I really value when working with my delicates. Plus, there's also things like the Ultra Care Package, which have things like shampoo and the Boxers 2.0. I'm a huge fan of the Boxers. The body wash as well. I get many a compliment for smelling nice and fresh across yeah. my day, and which again, is the exact I... opposite of a gamer. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So you can smell just like Riley and I by purchasing your own products over at manscaped go to manscaped.com use code tag team and you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping so go on over manscaped.com use code tag team for 20 percent off plus free shipping thank you so much to manscaped for sponsoring the cast and thank you all for checking them out and smelling like us <laughs>
All right, then. JW, why don't you introduce us to our number five card from Silver Tempest? Oh, baby, can't wait. Number five. From Silver Tempest. Yeah, I mean, we are really digging deep here. Number five on the T4 is Leafy Camo Poncho. You sound thrilled. Um, I mean, it's like, it's pretty cool. I mean, we got some cool tools here uh, in the top five. But Leafy Camo Poncho is a tool card that states if the Pokemon this card is attached to is a V-Star or V-Max. Whenever your opponent plays a supporter card from their hand, prevent all effects of that card done to this Pokemon. There's the obvious... The obvious uh, supporter comes to mind here in Boss's Orders and uh, actually in Serena as well from this new set that both can gust up those V-Star Pokemon. Um, but Leafy Camo Poncho has a, you know, kind of an effect that, uh, you know, you don't really see a ton of protection for Pokemon V-Star or V-Max, um, but this is it. Here it comes. Yeah, it almost feels... A little bit sad that this card is arbitrarily restricted to to V stars and V maxes. It feels like it would be better if you could put it on ex- a basic V, for example, mm. to protect it before it evolved. Um, that said, being able to block things like bosses orders is certainly a valuable trait, and it is cool to see some more diverse effects applied to our tool cards in the Pokemon TCG. Yeah, totally. Are there any? archetypes you see this slotting into do you think this is just um kind of relegated to a general tech in v star v max decks like where do you see leafy camo poncho being uh being played i think leafy camo poncho is best in decks that are trying to power up big attackers and keep them safe so for example like arceus giratina could put a leafy camo poncho on his giratina v star on the bench and prevent it from being gusted up preemptively before the Giratina can start swinging for one-shots. It's one of the vulnerabilities, in my opinion, of the Arceus Giratina deck. Um, That's where I think it'll really come into play the best, is when you're trying to get that one extra turn out of your V-Star VMAX Pokemon before they come into the active. Uh, Because usually, if you have a VMAX Pokemon or V-Star, you're just really throwing it up there and (laughs) trying to make stuff happen, you know? Yeah, totally. I guess maybe also potentially used on your <laughs> Regilecki's in <laughs> your Vicomult Regilecki deck. You know, keep them safe, out of harm's way. Yeah, it feels like one of those cards to me that it's like, you know, in theory you don't really have a great use for it, but there's going to be some archetype that wants to hide these V-Stars, hide these V-Maxes until the right time. Leafy Camel Poncho got to be something that you got to, you know, it's just one of those cards you keep in the back pocket, right, to kind of, kind of bring out i think you could also make potential arguments for it in like lost zone giratina maybe as a way to keep you know be more liberal in benching the giratinas because you can just keep them on the bench and they can't be bossed you know there's something there yeah there is for sure and that's why it comes in at number five in at number four (laughs) riley why don't you take us through our card at number four on the list yeah our number four card is a special energy card on this list and that is going to be the V-Guard energy. So V-Guard energy is one colorless energy. And it does more than that, though, which is cool. 
and this card will actually prevent 30 damage anytime your Pokemon is attacked by your opponent's Pokemon V. So, for example, if you have a Blissey in the active and it has a V-Guard energy attached, your Arceus opponent will now only do 150 with a double turbo mm. as opposed to 180. So it does take a pretty significant chunk off of your opponent's damage, especially if you were to combine it with cards such as the Radiant Gardevoir, for example, to also reduce Pokemon V damage. The one unfortunate part of V-Guard Energy is you can't stack them, so cards like Blissey can't just flat out abuse it and get 120 damage reduction. You do have to just stick to that 30. But there, I think there's plenty of Pokemon that would really just appreciate that little boost to tankiness. It's also a great card in decks like Mewtwo V Union, for example, that might want that slight reduction in damage to make its healing strategy work. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's, um... Again, I'm not, I'm not like extremely excited about it. You know, it's, it's something that, you know, I thought immediately of as, you know, a, a tech in Blissey as a tech in Lugia, you know, those are the two that kind of jumped out to me as being, oh yeah, this, this would slot in very nicely, but you know, kind of beyond that, not really a ton that it makes a lot of sense since you're looking at a lot of colored energy for most of these other decks, but it certainly has a place. I mean, this is something that uh, damage reduction is is uh, generally a good thing. And if you can get it for free because you're accelerating this energy from the discard pile or from your deck, as is the case in the Blissey and Lukia decks, I think you can get a lot of value from, uh, you know, maybe one or, or two V-Guard energy. Yeah, I think really it'll boil down to attack in Blissey and Lugia as cards that can make the most efficient use of v-guard most targeted use of v-guard energy um, i i don't really see it being a general tech uh, across the board for example yeah yeah would agree with that all right coming in at number four we have a three. supporter uh, excuse me number three <laughs> uh, please um coming in at number three we have our first supporter on the list that is and only and only true uh serena has a dual effect choose one it states with with two conditions uh discard up to three cards from your hand if you discarded any cards in this way draw until you have five cards in your hand so a decent little discard draw effect and the second uh of course you're you're choosing one here is a switch one of your opponent's benched pokemon v with their active pokemon so it has kind of a a bit of a draw element it has a bit of a gusting element riley what are your thoughts on serena honestly i don't love the choose one type of cards where both options are just worse versions of yeah. another supporter so you know the the first effect is just a worse version of sightseer which was already a bad supporter mm. and the second effect is a worse version of boss's orders so, I mean, the argument is that it's a boss's orders that you could potentially draw with, right? That's right, the right. actual use of this card. It's not because it's particularly good at either of its effects. Um, so, in that spirit, like, I don't really love cards like Serena. I do think there is decks that will find a happy home for Serena. For example, decks that really are only trying to gust V Pokemon in particular, but also would appreciate 
having a little bit more draw. You know, I'm thinking things like Lugia primarily that can appreciate the discard. You know, they don't mind that at all. In fact, they encourage it. They want the gust effect anyway. And they don't need to have like that many draw that many draw options over the course of the game after they get the initial setup because mm -hmm. they only really need to get those two Archeops into play and then they're kind of churning from there. Yeah. So I think that's where cards like Serena will fit. I don't really see Serena fitting into broader decks as like a primary option, but it's a good secondary supporter if you need it. Yeah, I mean, we just think about with, with how decks are constructed right now, um, just how big hands get. Or, or at least in an ideal match, right? Like you're not you're not trying to keep a low hand size. Like you're just trying to amass as many cards in hand as possible. You know, you think of the Lost Zone decks with the Colrus's Experiment. Um, you think of decks that aren't based on Lost Zone decks that also play Colrus's Experiment. Um, you think of the Intellion engine that's just looking to, you know, pick cards out of their deck to have this big hand so they can pull off combo pieces at the end of the game, combo plays at the end of the game. So, you know, right now, Serena, just with the way that, the game is played feels like you said, extremely lackluster in the draw side of things. And then has a worse version of bosses or on the other side of things. So, you know, we always talk about trying to have cards that um, can fulfill two functions, right? Uh, you want to kind of optimize cards if you can. So we talk about this with our strategy where we're like, okay, if you can have a trainer card that has the effect of a supporter, then that's, you know, maybe is something you want to consider. Or if you have a card that can um, put in, you know, work in a couple of matchups as opposed to one that's, you know, hard countering a single matchup, then maybe you would want to consider playing the card that's more versatile. In this case, it's hard to, um, you know, suggest to go and completely change up the draw that your deck is already running to accommodate Serena. And I think, like you said, it's going to be one of those that, you know, may, maybe it's, okay, I need a seventh supporter, eighth supporter. Um, you know, maybe I'll just slap in a Serena, get a little bit of that uh, versatility there, but not kind of focus, focus or force the entire deck around that card. Yeah, I mean, I would say for most decks, like Serena's competing for slots with boss as opposed to draw cards right like if you're debating playing two versus three boss sure, sure. maybe you play a serena instead sure. or maybe you play two serena one sure. boss um i think the, the only real major exception would be lugia decks that can really leverage serena well and don't need to draw that many cards once they're set up yeah so i've said my piece <laughs> i don't think it's a it's a game changer outside of lugia so let's go then to our number two card, also a tool card. So that's kind of cool. Two tool cards in the top five. Two and that's, tools, two tools on our top uh, top five, and two tools on the. That's the T six. T six, buddy. The two the tools top ten. <laughs> so true. So the the second tool here is going to be the Forest Seal Stone. So Forest Seal Stone, we talked about it before is a way to unlock the V-Star token in decks that don't play V-Star Pokemon. So primarily we're thinking of decks like Blissey, like Mew, uh, like Vikavolt, 
that play Vs already, but don't have access to a V-star power. Um, Mew probably being the single biggest, biggest benefactor because it's not affected by Path to the Peak. So let's actually talk about the effect. Uh, it has the V-star power star alchemy, where once during your turn, you can search your deck for any one card and put it into your hand as your V-star power. So half of a star birth on a tool card. What is maybe better than star birth though, is you have the flexibility of being able to put it on any V Pokemon. So you could even use this turn one if you draw it, you know, get that battle VIP pass. Um, and it can, use, it can be used under path to the peak. So it's great insurance against late game path Roxanne combos. I love this card. That's the oh, first yeah. time I've said that all night. But just <laughs> I I love this card because it's it's um it gives you know it, it adds this additional depth to decks that we currently have. Yeah. But it doesn't it, it doesn't make anything like overpowered, right? It it seems, right? It maybe speeds some decks up. Um you know, Mew, for instance, again, like you said, uh, you know, maybe getting more outs to battle vip pass on the first turn whatever but that's not that doesn't feel like um uh you know crazy that doesn't put the deck over the edge but i just love this card because of its versatility it doesn't feel like it's a um you know it doesn't feel like it's an overpowered ability to have for v pokemon and it brings a lot of these decks that um aren't utilizing a v star power v star attack uh, kind of in into the fold. I, I think it's really cool with, like you said, Vega Volt. It's really cool with Mew. Could be really interesting with Blissey. Um, you know, could be interesting with all these different decks. And the versatility of the card just makes it so appealing to me. I totally agree. I think they did a great job kind of balancing this one, too. It doesn't feel, like, overwhelmingly strong. Uh, that you would like use it over any other V-Star power. It's definitely worse than cards like Arceus. Um, but, you know, it has that extra layer of flexibility to it where you can play in kind of any deck that plays V-Pokemon already. Plus, it, yeah. it just, it's a, a good for game feel as well, I would argue. Yeah. Like, yep. it sucks to play a deck that doesn't have a V-Star power and just have, like, a useless token, and you're already playing V-Pokemon. It just feels bad honestly yeah so. and you're and you're countering the kind of you know power of just choosing any card from your deck with the fact that there's no great um tool searching in our format right now right and so the you know if you're gonna play for a seal stone you might want to play multiple copies but if you're playing multiple copies then you know you're kind of losing those options for consistency you know, uh, so so I think that, you know, again, Forest Seal Stone is, is good for the decks that have needed and wanted a V-Star power, but never had a way to incorporate V-Star Pokemon. I, I totally agree. I think it's great card design. I am a huge fan. I think it's a really solid card and, and well-deserved number two slot. Yeah, I can't wait to play with that card. So coming in at number one, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. It is the darling of the set, Lugia V-Star. Riley, why don't you tell us a little bit about Lugia and its partner? Yeah, so Lugia, of course, is the star of the set, like JW said. And the main reason is through its V-Star power. So Lugia wields the summoning star power 
And so once during your turn, you may put up to two colorless Pokemon that don't have a rule box from your discard pile onto your bench. Now, in of itself, this power is good, but maybe not like number one in the set worthy. But thanks to another card from this set, Archeops, this card is absolutely insane. So Archeops, typically a difficult Pokemon to get out because it's a fossil evolution Pokemon, can be put directly into play with Lugia on the second turn of the game. And as the Primal Turbo ability, which searches your deck for two special energy and attaches them to one of your Pokemon. And with Lugia's power, you can get two Archeops into play on turn two, which can then accelerate from your deck for special energy cards. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen an acceleration ability quite like that. That is absolutely insane. Yeah, the fact that it's special energy is really, really cool, really kind of scary. Um, but yeah, like you said, something that we've never seen before, because you think about the special energies and kind of the, the appeal of the special energies is that, um, you know, throughout pretty much the history of the game, um, the, you've been able to like attach your one special energy, right? It's been, again, special, it's special. It's that one turn attachment. Um, but recently with Regidrago, uh, or excuse me, the Regigigas deck, been able to attach multiple. And now with the Lugia deck, it just goes to a whole nother level. You have a lot of these really cool special energies that have been underplayed for the most part um, that now have a chance to potentially shine with this Lugia deck. And I think it opens up a lot of exciting possibilities. You think about, um, I mean, we talked about the V-Guard energy, but you think about Aurora energy and all the tech attackers that you can play. Um, you think about, uh, you know, double turbo, twin, um, getting attackers, you know, yeah, all of the powerful colorless, exactly. There's just a ton of cool special energy that really slot in nicely with that archetype. And it's not like there's a really a drawback to only being able to choose special energy either, right? Because, I mean, there's special energy for every energy type now yeah. that are always colored on any Pokemon. It's not like they're, you know, restricted to only their specific type. So yeah. it's not like you're losing anything by playing the Archeops and only playing special energy. It is just strictly an insane acceleration option. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, really cool. I like the thing about the Lugia is that it's it can be so tailored to any metagame. And that's what's so exciting. And it's a little bit scary, too, because you think about playing this for Latin America, if you happen to be going to that international championship, um, or maybe even Toronto the next week, is you got to know what to put in this deck to counter the metagame that you're expecting because that's going to be a huge part of it you know if you're expecting a lot of um you know lugia maybe you have lightning attackers if you're expecting a metagame that's all over the place maybe you go for you know the amazing eveltal um you know there's just a lot of different ways you can play it especially with that aurora energy that are really exciting but you know, really scary at the same time. You could definitely like make deck building errors in terms of choosing what you want to have as the tech attackers. No, I, I totally agree. And let's not forget Lugia does have a fairly solid attack as well, at least when comboed with the Arceus or sorry, with the Archeops. So for four colors, you do have Tempest Dive, which does 220. 220 for four, not really great, but when you can accelerate four energy from your deck every turn and potentially three or more of those are powerful colorless, now you're easily hitting 
280, 300, 330 with choice spell type of damage to one-shot anything that could possibly be on the field with a big tanky V-Star Pokemon. Yeah, crazy to think about for sure. So, I mean, Lugia to me is... I don't think Giratina had quite the dominance of like Palkia and Arceus before it, but I think Lugia is a card that is poised to take that level of spot. It's just so absurdly good. Yeah, for sure. So we will see. I know I will be testing heavily Lugia, whether or not it'll be the deck that I end up choosing for Toronto remains to be seen for sure, but it certainly has a lot going for it in these preliminary theorymon ideas of uh, of decks and how a format will shake out. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to put some put some time into this Lugia deck because I think not only will it be good, I think it'll be extremely fun. It'll definitely be fun. Accelerating special energy from the deck is awesome. That's <laughs> lit, bro. It's, it's, it's freaking lit, dude. <laughs> what decks do you think are freaking lit? Why <laughs> why don't you hit us up on social media? <laughs> Tweet us the decks that you think are lit. What what was going through your head? Me? Before uh, well, saying that. What probably more thoughts than were going through your head earlier, if I had to wager. Uh, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> but for real, you can check us out on social media if you want to stay up to date on what's going on in our testing as we get geared up in the Silver Tempest metagame. My Twitter is Smiles of Riles. You can find JW at Real John Walter, and you can find the podcast at Tag Team Pokemon. And we also record live every single week at twitch.tv slash munner. You can also find JW on Twitch and YouTube at Flex Daddy Righteous. Absolutely. The T4 hopefully met your expectations. It's again, it's a little bit of an underwhelming set, but we're excited. Those top cards are really some high end cards, right? Like yeah. Four yeah. Seal and Lugia especially are amazing cards. It's just the breadth is not quite there with this set. Yeah, I definitely don't buy boxes of this set. Um, yeah, there's just like a lot of stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Sad. No, sad. <laughs> but thank you all so much for listening, guys. We appreciate your listenership. As always, I'll see you on the next one. Peace. See ya.